Hello and welcome to a long-awaited new Wise Children podcast. Um, it's been a really, really long time. How long is it, Simon, since we've done the podcast? Um, it was, it's been about a year, I think. It was the beginning of, um, the beginning of Wuthering Heights, I think. I think, personally speaking, I associate podcasting with lockdown, so I've been a little bit phobic, but... It's a very special time for us here at Wise Children, which is why we thought it was time to dust off the mics and do another one. So I'm delighted to welcome today Simon Baker. Hello. Um, Poppy Keeling. Hi. And Jay Jones. Hello. So you will remember Simon Baker from previous podcasts, sound designer and Wise Children's technical director, and Poppy Keeling, who's our exec producer. But Jay Jones is new to Wise Children, although not new to us at all. He is joining the company. What's your title, Jay? Uh, I'm going to be joining as event and operations producer. Yes! See, that is so exciting. Um, and a little bit of background, which we might go into, but we've worked with Jay for a long time. Simon um, as a sound designer, but also at the Globe. Jay ran the sound department, which is slightly controversial, isn't it, Jay? It is a little. less so these days less so these days but you were there through thick and thin and it's really fabulous um to have you on the team um and tell us your title again jay event and operations producer i love that because one of the reasons we're going to need jay in this position is we are going to be running events of all sorts because We've just got ourselves a space. (laughs) You've probably already seen that. If you're listening to this podcast, you will have probably already seen that we have just bought the Portway Methodist Chapel. And it's beautiful. It's in the centre of Froome. It's on the top of a hill. You can see it as you walk up from the station. And it's perfect. (laughs) And we got the keys. It is almost the end, isn't it? We got the keys on Friday. Um, The whole of Wise Children... um, turned up and didn't know what to do because it's basically an empty space (laughs) Um, and we've started planning but I think we should go back a little bit over what brought us to that chapel and this plan so Poppy are you looking at me I'm I'm worried because I'm not sure there's all that much of a story I mean in many ways it feels really obvious that we've ended up at the Portway Methodist Church, which we should say is is now called the Lucky Chance, right? Absolutely, because we're not running a Methodist church, which is probably <laughs> well, worth we, pointing we out. We could, but we're not planning to. <laughs> no, they were very, very clear that we shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was part of the sale agreement, I think. Although, Emma, I do love the idea of you with giving a Sunday service, <laughs> I have to say. Well, when we bought it, it had a pulpit, and I really wanted to keep the pulpit when we first viewed it, I should say, because I thought I could teach from a pulpit, which I... Uh, or direct. It's uh, not encourage her. I know. <laughs> but anyway, they, it's gone, sadly, so we haven't inherited the pulpit. So we've called it the Lucky Chance. Um, I'm going to leave everybody five seconds to see if they can shout at their radio or phone to why we've called it that. Because it's the name of the act of the Chance Sisters in Angela Carter's Wise Children, which was our first show. So they were called the Lucky Chances, and this is our Lucky Chance. And it felt just right because it goes back to the DNA of Wise Children, but also it is our Lucky Chance. It's our Lucky Chance to put down roots and to have a place that we can inhabit and welcome people to and teach in and rehearse in and make really beautiful I know, I know what, I had a question for you all. Um, I'll give you, I might, I'll talk first, but I want you all to think of spaces you have loved and why. 
And I'm going to put the idea of creative in there, sort of spaces that have made you feel creative. And I ask because we used to talk about it quite a lot at Knee High, very much inspired by Mike Shepherd about what a creative space was. And Mike always used to be amazing um, talking about, because he was a teacher, he originally started as a teacher, how drama students were almost always put into porter cabins with blue tack on the walls and then expected to be creative. And of course, the creative space of my lifetime has to be the Knee High Barns on the cliff tops, absolutely beautiful, wild, freezing cold in the winter, but you can light fires. Um, and I loved it there because of the people and the place and all the things that I don't need to repeat. But also it was amazing because we had a prop store there, a costume store, a music room. It was the place if you wanted to create theatre, it was all there. And I'm desperate to be inspired by that. So that's my number one. Jay, what's your favourite space? Uh, I think the first thing that came to me when you said that is also harking back to sort of when we were working with Nehi and, and obviously now with Royce Children, but it's St Anne's Warehouse in New York, which has oh. that sort of brilliant, um, it's, it's a theatre space and it's brilliant for that, but it also can be anything, you know, you can move it around and change the layout in there and do some really exciting things and they've got a great sort of front of house there and they've, and they've had two, I've actually worked in two St Anne's Warehouse so the first one they had on J Street was it or yeah, yeah. Um, and then the new space um, and it's it's always had that same sort of vibe which feels like you can go in there and make anything happen um, and it's great and it's location is brilliant you know it's right under Brooklyn Bridge in Dumbo so I think trying to create a bit of that when we were talking about this project really early on and we were looking at loads of spaces and St Anne's was one of those sort of like this is a really functional space that can just move around and the lucky chance will be completely different to that. It's a church, but that vibe, that idea of being able to... It's really utilitarian, in. isn't yeah. it? But really stylish. It's sort of... Yeah. Enviable space. I think yeah. we, we keep talking a lot about having an enviable space, and I think that's that's up there as part of that brief. Yeah, I love it there. I, I You feel excited going into St Anne's, yeah. don't you? That Just the, the building itself gives you a real buzz. Mm. Poppy, what's your favourite space? Well, when you first asked the question, the first place that came into my mind it was the Tower of London. <laughs> because when I was a kid... Obviously. When I was a kid, this is so geeky, but when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the Tower of London. And um, I just thought it was the most sort of beautiful, like, imaginative space ever. And I used to um, write a lot of stories about the Tower of London wow. and, like, the ghosts that I used to talk to at the Tower of London. Anyway, so... The Tower of London was the first creative space that came into my mind, but to stick slightly more in brief, I guess my, um, I love old buildings that aren't necessarily theatre spaces that have been turned into theatre spaces. So St Anne's actually is, is an example of that. Um, because it's really exciting when you see an amazing show that sort of popped up into a building. So when we made Mallory Towers in the passenger shed, it felt really exciting because we turned it into our own space. And for that reason, I love Battersea Arts Centre. I love Shoreditch Town Hall. Um, I love anywhere that you feel that you have, either as an audience member or, or to work in, that you feel like you've got, you've sort of got the keys to something that other people, like you've got a special secret access to. And, um, yeah, has the power to transform into many different things depending on the show. So I'm hoping that the Lucky Chance will have a have a bit of that, a bit of a like giving people a sort of glimpse behind the scenes and into something that's not necessarily built to be a theatre but can come alive with performance. I love Battersea Arts Centre and they've got a really interesting policy that they that 
everything that happens in the building adds to its history. So there's no sense that you're trying to go back to a perfect time. To There's no sense of restoration. It's, it's all about the narrative that and the stories that the building has held. And of course, since the fire, they had a massive fire yeah. seven years ago? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Um, and it's amazing, because they've kept all the fire damage. Yeah. They've kept the patina of that fire. They haven't cleaned it off, but it's, again, it's thrilling. It's incredibly beautiful and quite moving because they, they're not airbrushing out things yeah. that have happened in that building. They're embracing it and revealing all the layers. It's really so stunning. So not, not to go back to what a massive geek I am, but I think that's what I loved about the Tower of London was it was like centuries of history and you felt like the walls were speaking to you. Um, and I, yeah, I like a building where you feel that it's sort of absolutely infused with stories and, and maybe tonight you're going to like hear a little bit of one of them. That's interesting, isn't it? Because we used to, when I was at Nehi, we used to have a joke. I don't know whether you know this, but we used to call the company. We used to hate the name Nehi because everybody thought we were a children's company. Well, Says so the woman. That's who, good that you called this company yeah. <laughs> children. Then, oh, exactly. There's nothing like making the same mistake twice. Um, but our nickname for Nehi was the Church of the Lost Cause because it felt like we were peddling up here yeah. all the time. Um, but I've always loved the idea of churches and a theatre, and I say it as an atheist. Um, who was brought up religious but I feel that you know I love the function of a church the church is a place where you can come together with other people and you can sing and you can listen to stories and you can reflect and I do think that there is a uh, a feeling in the walls I do mm. think that the the mm. historical mass of human beings has a has a sense and I, I don't feel mystic about it I, it feels almost real to me yeah and I already feel that in our Methodist. Is it a church or a chapel? It was called the church. I mean, the church. It's the Methodist, Fort Way Methodist Fort Way Church. Methodist church. church yeah. yeah. I don't know the difference between a chapel. I don't and a know church. the difference between a chapel and a church. Well, we don't need to, do we? We're just. Um, <laughs> it's the lucky uh, chance. It's the lucky chance now. Um, Simon, your creative space of choice. Oh, it, <clears throat> that's tricky now because the barns obviously were sort of magic. Um, I mean, I've I when I think of spaces I've worked in that I've really enjoyed, I, I go back to the old. Cottesloe at the National um, because it was uh, it was a sort of strange and unique place that the, the people and the physical space um, meant they were always quite close together so I'd worked in lots of other big theatres where there's hundreds of corridors and and including the National and the RSC and the Cottesloe is a bit magic because it's completely self-contained within or was before it's a Dorfman, was completely self-contained. Um, so you didn't really feel part of this big organisation. You felt like you were isolated on your own, working on one project, which I used to quite like. And I, I know everybody's chosen really romantic places to work, but I, there's a rehearsal space in London called LH2, which um, I made the world arena tour of Batman in some time ago. But the great thing about a space like that is we're very what used to... What does that stand to, for, LH2? I, is it, it must be the postcode or something. Yeah, it must be, because it's right... It's, yeah, but it, we're very in theatre. We're very used to working in sort of slightly dodgy rehearsal rooms that are a bit broken down and nothing quite works. And you know, you've got to clear out by six o'clock because the scouts are coming in. And the great thing I found about LH2 is it was just built to rehearse a show in. So there was space, there was power, there was weight loading in the roof so you could put something in, you could put a catering van, you know, it just worked. So, in terms of bringing lots and lots of people together and lots of complex disciplines together into one space LH2 really worked and I've sort of never ever felt that since even working on big musicals you, 
we still work in the same spaces we'd rehearse in, but LH2 was this kind of massive aircraft hangar yeah, yeah. that kind of all just worked. You could, you know, do the work really well. You do know that the Portway Methodist Church is quite small. <laughs> There's yeah. going to be no food trucks going into the Lucky Chance, is there? Hasn't even got parking. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I totally get your point that uh, a space which just has everything that you could possibly imagine yeah, and you can play with all of it is a very, very creative space because like, nothing's dampening your ideas and ambitions. Yeah, you're not fighting the building. You're kind of, yeah. you know, the building can cope with what it is you want to do. We've covered quite a lot of ground, haven't we, from the aircraft hangar mm-hmm. to... The Cornish Cliffs to the Tower of London. <laughs> I so wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting the Tower <laughs> of London. just popped into my head. And the Sheiks and Anne's Warehouse. I just need to give a shout out to um, Salt's Mill in Saltaire, mm. which is the amazing, um, near Leeds, the amazing old mill, which I think uh, David Hockney has a lot to do with. And it's beautiful. And it's always, it, you can, there's shops there, there's restaurants there, there's art there. And there's always music playing, Mozart, and there's always the smell of lilies and flowers. And it, life is so good in that space. So the, the reason I ask you, you know, is that the, the lucky chance is going to be all of this to us on a small scale. You know, it's not a huge space, but I think we're all really keen that it's really, really beautiful and really, really functional. So... Beauty, there's not much to talk about, is there? Because we'll be arguing about paint charts for a while. (laughs) But let's talk about the functions. So the things we know are that we will rehearse there at times. We will teach there at times. What else might we do, either short-term or long-term? So the question that's already come up on Froome Facebook group is, will we be performing there? Well, I think, (laughs) looking at Jay, he's looking nervous... I, I think we we've always said that we would we would move quite slowly with 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 the church in order to learn about what it can do and what it can't do and what we can do with it and what we can't do with it. So I think you're right. I think rehearsing there and teaching there in the first instance will tell us lots about what works and what doesn't work. The next, the sort of simplest thing after that is to let other people rehearse there. So if somebody else wants to rehearse there, it's not a big jump for us to then let it as a rehearsal space. Um, and then once we understand how other people might use the space, we can then start to think about, could we let the public in? And I think at that point, we can consider whether we can, whether we can perform their small scale or whether we can show where we've got to with work, <clears throat> whether we do scratch performances or whether we do, you know, ends of R&D showings to the local community. Those things feel possible. And once we know we can get people through the building safely, and manage people because you know it's fine having 20 of us turn up and work in a space but it's very different when you're bringing you know 40 people from the you know from the public in the the, the space has to shift it has to shift in what it can and can't do but I think once we've done that we can then start to think about our own events and what those might look like what might a wise children event look like at the church so something more beyond a, a showing or a R&D showing or scratch. So it's been a little bit of jargon which I'll go back over. So a scratch is, and an, well, an R&D is research and development, which is when you're working up towards a show. And we often, we always do R&Ds before our shows and we always do sharings. So it's not a public performance, but we do open it up to a few people to test it. And scratch is pretty much the same thing. It's when you don't do a whole show, you do a little scratch of it. So 
that would be a good way of beginning to see whether we could get people in. Yeah. But whatever we're talking about, we're not talking big numbers, are we? No, I mean, I don't. The, the church isn't that big. I mean, I think, you know, if we were, if we thought we could get a hundred people seated in that church and show them something we've been doing, that would be pretty ambitious. Have you done that maths, Jay? I'm looking at you. <laughs> Events <laughs> team. Uh, well, we've done some of the maths. Mm. Um, yeah. In terms of actually how many, what the capacity is, mm. no, we don't. We probably haven't done that, and that would get into a lot of uh, not to use the word health and safety, but we'd have to know how many people we can get in and safely seat and move around and and exit and fire strategies and all those sort of wonderful things that come into running an event. Um, but really important things really important things and um and how, yeah and you know but, and then and the licensing behind all that and, and uh, all that lovely world of putting yeah. on performance probably probably worth saying that there, we don't have a performance license at the moment the church is oh, not yeah. is not an official performance space so we're but looking at in the future and maybe towards, yeah. in the future yeah. um and we've raced ahead of ourselves to all the glamorous things like yeah. places of beauty and whether we put on performances but what before we can teach there and rehearse there, what has to be done? Is it what kind of nick is it in? Well, it's in good nick. Can to it, uh, you know, it could be much much worse. Could be much much worse, yeah. And so it's not. We, we don't got to do tons of major building work. It's more about getting the bringing the space up to the outside space and the inside space up to a sort of spec that we would want to be in and work in. Um, and then there's a sort of a probably a further phase of making it into a venue which we would want to welcome a public performance into but on the for the start we we sort of want to get in and sort the garden out and make it safe and make it secure and make the rehearsal space functional you know clean the floor sand the floor paint the room um, I really want to sand the floor, the just kitchen. so you know, it's the one thing I really want to do. I want one of those big machines that sort of swoops around. Uh, you know you know those montages in films where people are like renovating buildings or do you know in Sister Act 2 yeah. when they're doing up the music room? Yeah. And, and there's a great montage of everybody like cleaning and painting and sanding. I've got a really It would be just like that. Image of us all doing <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly yeah. like that. <laughs> it won't be an episode of Grand Designs where me and Jay are living in a caravan in about a year's time. I don't want that. I want Whoopi Crying. to be there. <laughs> Why have we done this? There, there is a bit of work to do. There's yeah. asbestos, isn't there? There's some asbestos. Yeah. We, we believe in the roof. We've been trying not to talk about that. Disperse that illegally. Well, we won't be, will we? We will be getting rid of that very safely and legally. Um, okay. But there's a hole in the ceiling. There's some holes. There's some. Da- I think a lot of it is just due to it, we need to this maintenance, so we need to get in and and you know sort out some maintenance work on it and that will help solve some of those problems and get it just needs to be in a building needs to be lived in and worked in and looked after and and that's what just by doing all those things will start to improve we love the fact that the lucky chance is tlc and that's what the building needs yeah, yeah. and that was an amazing when we had the building surveyed one of the things we found out because there are some quite big cracks and one of the things we found out is cracks can heal if you look after a building if you clear the gutters make sure that the water is being managed mm. well um, make sure that the air vents going because these old buildings are well designed if you make sure that their design works that the Absolutely. cracks might heal themselves which was a revelation to me it's it, really exciting <clears throat> it really will I mean the, I mean, we've certainly rehearsed in worse 
I would say. <laughs> yeah. As it is right now. As it is yes, right now. I would, I would say. So, you know, the work we've got doing it. But it has, it's been empty since September 21. It's been empty a long time. And like Jay said, you know, buildings fall into disrepair really quickly. Mm. So I think once we've got that back on track, just the regular maintenance of it, it's going to start to feel better immediately. And then, yeah, and then it's just you sanding the floor. <laughs> I really want to do it. Um, what about food? Because there is a kitchen there. Could yeah. we? Is it is it uh, is it possible to host a a food event there? Absolutely. Yeah, I want supper clubs. <gasps> I want amazing yeah. supper clubs with great music and yes. maybe a little bit of storytelling or that's sort of halfway between. That's halfway to a performance, right? Yeah. Yeah, of, and I think it's really. I think the really exciting thing for us with the lucky chance is that we can start to look at all those other things that is part of performance it's part of welcoming people into a space but it's different to just saying this is a performance you know so i think what's you know when we were talking about creative spaces i think there's a really brilliant thing at the moment you can go and places to work that are really exciting to to be in and a shared space and you can get great coffee and you can have a nice if you finish the day you can have a nice glass of wine and that sort of vibe of just being able to have a, a space that's open. It's not sort of a public performance, but it's an, it's an open thing and people can come in and use the space. And if we're not there, or if we are there working, this is now, a, you know, you can sort of come in and kind of be around us. Or if people are working on a new project and R&D, they can welcome people into Froome and sort of work outside of their usual spaces. And I think that's really important. That's mm. where work gets done. You know, after the day's work, you sit and have a drink have a cup of coffee have a chat and that's sort of where more ideas get made and I think it's important that we we make that space at the lucky chance as well as having a functional which is like going back to the concept of a church again isn't it and and what we've missed in lockdown that sense of coming together is why Mm. this felt so urgent and for those people that have been following wise children there's a little bit of story behind that which is we've we've been exploring some other possibilities for homes they were going to take 10 years. By the time we'd raised the money, got the agreements, put together the fundraising, got the councils, you know. the And I, well, I do feel impatient. I turned 55 last week, so I haven't got, I, I don't want to wait 10 years for something. I want to be doing it now. But also after lockdown, I want to be meeting up. I want to be breaking bread with friends. I want to be performing and creating as there's no more time to waste and the fact that we were able to get this well church. we, we it, it went on the market in may maybe yeah maybe maybe april yeah but not longer not earlier than that and we were right in there weren't we 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 got a tip off from someone at Froome town council that it was going to be on the market mm. and then we got in touch with the sellers and started being as friendly as we could be and uh, trying to trying to yeah trying to make connections with them, and then they had they had a, a viewing day and we were like, like little puppies at the door. Oh, the viewing um, day was so distressing because there was loads of people. Yeah, yeah. There were loads and loads of people, and I can remember saying to Poppy, "I really want it, and I don't think we're going to get it." Builder over there is going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I had that, you know, when you well to quote Noel Coward, I feared the misery of the end the moment it had begun. I, I was already thinking I'm already going to be heartbroken. So, you know, hats off to you, Poppy, because I think you worked really hard to build that relationship and to put in the right bid. And, and you know, we didn't make up what we're going to do with it. It was the right bid at the right moment. Yeah. And 
Well, and, and also the, the other thing in our favour is that actually, although there were some developers there on that day, well, I think I think they were, um, the building didn't have permission to be used for retail or residential. So it couldn't have been bought and turned into flats. So I guess the church probably, uh, their options for, like, like the people that actually bid were probably limited because what you can do in there, it had to be for community use. Um so we had we had an advantage over the other people who were there, but but yeah, we we I, I mean I think we are the right people. So our, our bid went into the the Methodist Church, and we'd spent quite a lot of time making sure that it was really exciting and really engaging. And they kind of fed back pretty quickly that they really liked it and they really wanted to go with us. And it was just going to be whether the money was right. And luckily, the money was right. The lucky chance. It is the lucky chance, and and. We better not get into numbers, but you know we've we've we're, we've managed to do it independently. We haven't yeah. had to do lots of fundraising. We will to do it up, of course. Yeah. But we've managed to do it as a company through our success in our early years, and I feel really really proud of that. You know, I I feel that I only have interest in running a successful company because it's only when you're successful that you can spend your money wisely, and this is exactly what we've done. So well, we well quite done. we quite sort of quite like committedly set out to save money for this purpose so when we set up our with our trustees we started building reserves and we've got like everybody else we've got one reserve that's for if everything just goes terrible and we've got to close the company down and we need to pay everybody off so we've got that little very depressing reserve and then and then once we'd got that we started building a building reserve because we knew that this finding a home for the company was something we always wanted to do and despite the massive challenges of the last couple of years we did manage to hold on to that we have now spent it but um we spent it on what we wanted to but we've got the lucky chance yeah. <laughs> so it's That's kind what it was of for. yeah and it's amazing obviously it's the place where um simon and i live and jay so we're it's a it's in a really exciting place we just need to make sure that everybody else moves to through <laughs> no rush i'm very close bristol is very close also my partner says no. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. A few years. For now, yeah. For now. <laughs> but the, the good thing about it is, I think quite early on when we lost it, we thought, is it big enough? And it's actually exactly the right size. Yeah. Because anything bigger felt like it, it was going to be too expensive. It was going to be a real challenge. Because some of the other crazier ideas we had were going to be, I mean, you know, 10 years the 10-year development plan or yeah, the, the four million fundraising project yeah, or they were kind of all crazy and then there would be an expectation immediately placed upon it of we, it was going to then have to earn an income or it was then going to have to do something whereas this feels the right scale where we can grow slowly and just work out what does and doesn't work without having to sort of having made promises to a thousand yeah. other people what we're going to do yeah it feels i mean i'm you know i'm sure we will discover problems and issues and it will get harder but it feels kind of pressure free at the moment because there isn't a huge income target over it yeah yeah don't tell and Joe there isn't a huge income target over yes. it good, oh, yeah. good to keep targets oh no I mean the the, uh, <laughs> the event and operation producer will have, will have an income target not yet though I'm just thinking it's exciting isn't it how independent we feel with this project and we're in Froome the home of independence of all sorts so it's a very happy match um we're probably running out of chapel things to say. Church, why do I think it's a chapel? I, because yeah. I think you're thinking of the song. I think I am. Also, we, we're not sure that they're not the same thing. Yeah, yeah. we don't know. Um, 
just because I've got you here in front of a mic, Jay Jones. We're very, very lucky to have you. Tell us a little bit about where you've just come from and what you've been doing there. Uh, so I've, I've just come from working with the Royal Albert Hall. Um, I was there as the audio project manager, which was a really exciting time. So in sort of 2017, 2018, they decided to take audio in-house um, and spent a lot of money buying a sound system for the first time ever. Before that point, it had always been um, sort of a temporary install done by preferred suppliers. Uh, and so the Royal Albert Hall decided to sort of invest in the audio of the hall and try and do something that had never been done before by installing a sound system and buying all the sort of auxiliary equipment to then run an audio department. Um, so I became part of that team fairly early on into its sort of start and it's that was a really exciting three years. Um, obviously the pandemic happened within that time but we kind of stayed as fluent as we could and tried to you know find new you know new things to do in that time with the building it was a really exciting time to sort of be be there um but this was just the, the right time to move on and rejoin the the clan and um but you've been doing loads of events there haven't you you've, you've come with a events. wealth of experience yeah. and contacts as well which i feel incredibly yeah. lucky that we're gonna well it's <laughs> pull out of you in every yeah it's every a really exciting possible. time to um to be doing this and it feels like everyone's ready for it as well, and this feels like it just feels like everything's really built back up to to get going with this kind of. And you're here, and you just moved through. And we just moved to through, so which that's really helps. Perfect. Yeah. Well, formally welcome. It's very good to have you back. Good to be here. So, final question before we log off: timescales. When am I going to be able to teach there? When am I going to be able to do a workshop there? When is there going to be a supper club there? Tell me, tell me, tell me. What excellent questions you raise. <laughs> <laughs> Despite um, the fact I'm not taking yeah, any responsibility. Any responsibility for it. <laughs> whatsoever. I mean, there's, there, there are a few challenges to overcome at the moment, which we're kind of chipping away at. But I'm really hopeful that we'd be able to get in there and do something by Christmas. Yeah. That's what we're hoping. Feels like for. a good target. That we'd be able to get in there and do something. That, that, because that, there's just sort of lots of tedious stuff to work out at the moment. Um, and we, we've got to we've got to raise a little bit of money to do some other bits. Like, it's a little bit unsafe electricity-wise at the moment, <laughs> and it's not particularly well heated. Why is that funny? It just kind of is. <laughs> like the one space we bought, and it's got sort of you know Frankenstein's lair, which seems to be the mains. Um, so we've got a little bit of sort of um, infrastructure work to solve before we can actually get people in there. But I think once those bits are done. And once we've done a little bit of refurbishment on the toilets and on the, the kitchen, get rid of the asbestos in the roof of the kitchen, I think we'll, we'll, be, we'll be able to do something. We might be going in... We're certainly going in two phases, I think, as, mm. as, as Jay said, the kind of getting it ready for us to use being phase yeah. one and then getting it ready for the public being phase two. But there might be some other, like, mini phases. So we're trying to make sure that whatever we do is as environmentally friendly as possible. And that might slow us down on a couple of bits because we might need to apply for... You know, there'll, there'll be a cheap thing that we can afford immediately that we might decide to stall on while we try and get some money to do something more expensive up front but yeah. with cost savings later um but yeah i think i think aiming for some kind of extraordinary christmas something party christmas. might be the thing to do yeah well here's to that here's to you guys thanks for making it possible thanks for making it happen welcome jay and here's to the lucky chance yeah.